0: hey, this is what I want to build and here's a spec, but truly having partners and understanding that you need to find true engineering partners if you're going to build something, because giving somebody spec is probably not going to be the actual thing you want to build. Niall Ali-Smile discusses the challenges of balancing innovation with constraints, making strategic technology decisions, and fostering a culture of iterative development. Hey everybody! Welcome to this episode in the Engineering Leadership series. I'm here with Niall Alice and he is head of engineering at ImagineX. So, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Tracy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit about ImagineX and what you guys do.
1: So, ImagineX is a um, we're a digital services company. Um, so, we help our clients with engineering needs. Um, you know, we've got cloud, software, and data engineering. We also um, provide cybersecurity services for our clients, um, and we do some tech consulting as well.
0: Nice, well, cool. Um, I've been having a lot of fun having conversations with you since you know this thought is also a consultancy, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's fun to it's fun to talk about delivering business value. In my opinion, uh, maybe that's boring to some people, but I'm excited about it.
1: <laughs> you know if you deliver good business value then you're going to be successful if you don't the outcomes are not going to be good (laughs) that's that's the bottom line you know
0: yeah and you know i know you know kind of as head of engineering you kind of sit between you know business and engineering Mm -hmm. um so what is that like like what do you typically do what are the types of conversations that you typically have to have
1: yeah, so you know, one conversation that we talk about a lot is you know how we can make our clients successful. You know, if mm-hmm. we're you know, we always say if our clients are successful, we're going to be successful. You know, um, you know we like to partner with our clients, we like to think with our clients, um, but you know the the thing that's on our mind a lot of times, us and our product team, is how we can build value for our clients with the you know the goals and the you know the budget that they have the you know, the constraints that they may have. Um, how do we educate our clients on, like, what what things we can do for them that's going to, um, like, accelerate their business? So mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, you know, it comes down to, you know, feature development. It's like, what are we building for our clients? How is that going to help their business? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, as engineers, you know, we can all build rocket ships. You know, engineers can do a lot of cool things, um, but all of it takes time and money. And so that's really... You know, what I like to say is that, you know, your budget is your back pressure on your on your roadmap, right? So mm-hmm. your roadmap can't have everything in the world in it, otherwise it's gonna take forever to build. Um, and, you know, as everybody knows, like we, we don't want things to take too long to build because we do wanna get feedback early and often through mm-hmm. the process, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do, you, how do you get that feedback? How do you balance getting feedback? How do you balance releasing with real business value,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: where it becomes really challenging is when you're working in spaces where there's a lot of complexity. You know, you gotta you've got to take that complexity, digest it, and turn it into something that's valuable for the company. And you have to really stay within your constraints.
0: Yeah. And well, how it. do you do that? Like, I mean, you know, you talk about business outcomes or you know, getting ROI on something. You know, what's the type of conversations you have? You know, with with leadership, I would say. To, to make sure
1: you're delivering that value yeah um i would say you know the the big thing first is is we do want to understand what the goals are of the organization you know like that's the first step i mean that's why our clients are coming to us because they have their own you know their own hopes and dreams and their own strategies and milestones that they want to hit we need to understand what those are first um from there we can talk about well what are the technology solutions that can really help with um, and in a lot of cases, you know the type of work we do, it's you know custom development, you know we do engineering work. Um, and you know so we're building things that in a lot of cases don't exist anywhere else. Um, and the conversation, you know it's at first, it's very exciting, right? You're talking about like, you know, oh, I'd love this feature. I'd love for it to do this. Oh, you know, I've, I've had this idea in my head for a long time, and that's great. Um, we want to hear all of that. Uh, but there's some real things that have to be built with your with with any product that you're developing. You know, and when we're talking about software products, you know there's some mundane stuff, like you've got to set up a database and you've got to set up authentication and permissioning, and there's stuff that is not sexy at all, right? And that has to be built into your system. Um, and then there's going to be some leftover for real feature development and real outcomes. So understanding those outcomes first, like the expected outcomes, you know, we call those, um, you know, you know, you got your acceptance criteria at the story level. What we call them as success criteria at like the higher level. It's like what mm-hmm. are you trying to achieve, um, and then we just go from there. You know, we break down our work in a way that says, okay, to achieve these goals, you've got to do these things. You know, and then we have the conversation with you know our engineering team to understand. To accomplish these things, what is that going to take? Right. You know, what technologies, how what timeline? Like, how can we achieve these goals? Sometimes the clients are all in, right? They're like, whatever it takes, right? And sometimes that's not not realistic. You know, nobody has unlimited budget or unlimited time. You know, so you really have to put some real constraints um, on the solution so that you are achieving the goals without breaking the bank. If I could say it that way, you know, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're doing things in a way that's um, responsible for, you know, what our clients uh, are trying to achieve. That's like right size for what our clients are trying to achieve.
0: Yeah. So it's really, I think the the biggest takeaway there is helping your engineering leadership understand the actual business outcome, Mm -hmm. not the, hey, this is what I want to build and here's a spec, but truly having partners and understanding that you need to find true engineering partners if you're going to build something, because giving somebody a spec is probably not going to be the actual thing you want to build. And that's actually right. a conversation I have a lot, right? Like, you know, I, I still remember the first time I went to somebody and said, hey, I want this. And uh, my, my first startup, my uh, who became my co-founder said, that's not what you want. I'll build. I'll build you what you want. This is what you're trying to do. And I thought he was crazy. You know, how how do you know what I want when I told you what I want, and he built it, and the company took off.
1: Yeah, awesome. Because
0: he knew what I needed to be successful, right. and that's the best feeling. And I feel like that's you know probably what you and I both do from a consultancy perspective now is yeah. helping people truly achieve like what they actually want to need versus um what they think they need.
1: And that that's so interesting. Like the way that you're breaking it down like that, because there's usually two things, right? When you're talking to clients, of course, everybody's got an idea of what they imagine the solution to the problem would be. Right. Yes, yes. And in a lot of clients, a lot of clients will come to you and they probably have a good sense of like, Hey, the solution needs to be kind of like this. Yes. Yeah. You know? um, and, but if you step back from that and you say, well, what are your real goals that you're trying to achieve first? You know, it's like, we, we hear you on the solution, but like, let's understand the goals first. Let's understand Mm -hmm. what your target is. Because in a lot of cases, you may say, you may discover, and engineers are great at doing this, right? You may discover that there are simpler solutions to achieve Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than what, you know, what's put in place. A lot of clients, you know, when they're building stuff, they want to do things like, Solve multiple problems at once, and so mm-hmm. they're thinking about really a broader vision. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think the key thing that we try to do, and I'm sure you're doing the same thing as practitioners, is to help them understand like how do we take those steps to getting to your ultimate vision without doing it right up front, right? Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's always an interesting conversation because you know people. People have beliefs in what their solution is, you know, and what their solution should be, um, and that may be true. But it may be five years from now. There may mm-hmm. be there may be incremental milestones that are uh, that help you get some value out of the um, out of the like the product development along mm-hmm. the way without mm-hmm. waiting till that like last milestone. You know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's kind of like. You know you convinced yourself you need a new deck you know and it's going to cost whatever tw- i don't know how much it deck costs. twenty thousand dollars for a new deck yeah. and you know the handyman comes over and says well actually no you just need to repair this one piece and it's going to cost you a hundred bucks and you're like but i was ready to spend 20 grand on More. a new deck i'm like so bought into this you know right, right. but like no it's only a hundred dollars and you know honestly like you know even though it's cheaper it's kind of like disappointing because you know when when clients like psych themselves up for like spending tons of money you're like well you don't actually need to do that right it's like but i wanted to i was ready.
1: (laughs) innovating is fun like making changes is fun like yeah going through like the brainstorming process is fun designing stuff is fun for everybody like it's a blast you know like like i know why ux designers do what they do because it is a good time you know Mm. but but when it comes time to actually building it, you bring in an engineering team, things get really pricey, really fast. And then there's also considerations of like, well, you've got to own this thing that you built for a long period of time. You also want to make sure that you can adapt in the marketplace as new, as as like the, like the economy changes or you right. know, new business opportunities show themselves. Like you've got to be um, nimble, like from a business standpoint. So even if you've got $10 million to spend on, a software project mm-hmm. i i probably would be like hold on let's not spend 10 million dollars right out of the gate let's mm-hmm. that money mm-hmm. let's first talk about what your initial goals are and then let's go from there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you'll end up spending the 10 million dollars it's it's not hard right You'll yeah win, but like yeah let's slow down a little bit let's yeah. make sure that we're we're doing it the right way we're getting the right feedback i mean even for me in my personal software projects i'm like Oh yeah, this is going to be the best thing. And then I start developing it. I'm like, wait. I'm like, um, this was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be.
0: Mm-hmm. So now I've
1: got to simplify my expectations of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's unless you have developed software before or have seen it been like seen it developed before, mm-hmm. it's hard to understand that like your first plan is probably not going to be exactly what the end result is gonna look like. It, going to be you're going to go in that direction you know Yes. that will be
0: exactly right so. yes well before we continue i wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor which is my company this dot my team lets me have a fun conversations like this and we um really like to help companies with their modernization efforts so we get to work with a lot of companies like Wikimedia, docusign twilio herman miller paypal t-mobile etc um and if you need help with replatforming or modernization, definitely check us out at this.co dot It's T-H-I-S-D-O-T.co. Now, when I chose that, it was horrible, right? Because Jay used to work here, and Jay's uh, email address is j at this dot co. How do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, right? So, anyways, and the co confuses everybody, but yeah. You know that's near neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, what about from an engineering perspective, we talked a lot about, you know, just kind of like how to talk to leadership and how to help them align their technology needs with business strategy. But when you talk to engineering, how do you help them deliver value? Like, how do you help them figure out, you know, ROI on a feature, let's say, or mm-hmm. what are the trade offs of using external technology versus this?
1: hmm You know, it's that's a really good question. And the, the challenge is is because there's so many different like, technologies that you could choose from, you know, and it's like picking the right technology is critical, right, up front. But you also have to understand where you are in your current life cycle of your product development. So if there's, for example, an existing product that that has been developed and you are enhancing it, modernizing that. That's going to influence your technology choices. Um, if you are starting from scratch and you have nothing, and you you really don't know what the um, you don't know what your iterative cycle is going to um, is going like what kind of like emergent features are going to come out of it. Like you need to do some experimentation with the development process, and you want to get some things out there. You really need to get end user feedback you might use a simpler tool, right? Like we were talking before this, right? Like Amplify or Vercel or, or something like that, where you've got a simpler tool that allows you to iterate quickly and get things out the door. While those tools might not be ideal for scale, you probably don't want to think about scale right at the beginning. You want to think about how do you iterate quickly? You know, How do you get feedback and incorporate that quickly? Um, and then being mindful of what your your early stage scale is going to look like, right? If you're talking about hundreds of users, that's different than saying we're going to have millions of users. That's going to be a different architecture that you're going to put in place. So for the engineers, it's really, again, they should understand, and our our technology leaders at IX, like they're pretty good about understanding like, hey, these are our goals. This is what we're setting out to do. And they keep that top of mind when they're building stuff. Um, and but then the rest of the engineering team also really needs to understand what those goals are. Um, and then from there, it becomes a little bit of a different type of conversation. One, we need to talk about estimation, You know, like how long are things gonna take, even if it's t-shirt size estimates, like, hey, if we're building this feature set, what do we think? Is this gonna take a month, two months, three months, six months? That's going to inform the business about how much they want to invest in that feature set. Is it worth six months of development for that feature? That can only come from the engineering team. Like you don't want me to go estimate it. I'm not going to go do the work myself, hands-on. I need my team to go do it. They're going to be the ones that's going to tell me how long it's going to take. Um, but then from there, the real challenge is, is that the engineers are going to try to do the best that they can, meaning they're going to use the best technology they're going to build it the the best way that's going to allow them to scale and not not couple their systems together in a way that doesn't allow them to um, modify it later you know um, which is great we want them to do that but there's a trade-off to doing too much of that right especially if you're if your goal right now is to iterate quickly you may not want to build a really complex system up front if your goal right up front is to scale and you've got existing user base right and you're like okay i'm going to take this user base move them over to a new platform you might want to build it in a way that's going to scale to meet those needs so the engineers have to be in that mindset of like we're spending dollars we're spending time you know and that has to align to what your goals and your constraints are if the engineers understand that i feel like they do a pretty good job of kind of keeping within bounds of like their decision making like at the granular level Um, but it's It's also something where you have to continue to remind folks, you know, it's like, these are the things that we're building. This is why we're building it. We're shooting for this initial milestone. Let's build it with that in mind, you know, and engineers are pretty smart, right? They'll, they'll figure that out. They they can do that. The challenge, the one challenge I would say is, is that um, engineers want to do the latest and greatest, the newest stuff. They want to incorporate the best stuff. And sometimes you need to, pull that back a little bit, where it's like, we don't need to be cutting edge for this phase of, of the implementation. Let's just do it a tried and true way first, and then we'll innovate later, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, but that's on a case by case basis, you have to kind of navigate that. Um, I mean,
0: that's great advice. But what about for somebody who doesn't know? Like, you know, how do I know? How do I know what, like, you know, if, I, if I'm being told i need to use you know next or like Vercel versus aws
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know let, let's say i i don't understand the trade-offs of Vercel versus aws but like i was told okay well you know we don't want to use Vercel because we should use aws because it's going to be cheaper mm-hmm. or more flexible or hey we need to use Vercel because you know it's easier well what do i choose how do i know as a leader
1: yeah um well i would say i would say you know your architect should be able to understand the balance there but i'll tell you one what if you you have
0: a bad architect
1: well well, from (laughs) my perspective from my perspective it really comes down to well one of one of the indicators there's going to be like indicators that are going to help you one of them is like your team you know if you're if you're saying hey we need to go spin up aws okay we're going to set up an aws stack okay great so we're going to need a devops engineer we're going to need some security considerations we're going to need to make a decision on our authentication mechanism we're going to need to make a decision on our database we need to make sure that we're designing our system in a way that um isn't going to expose our clients' data or our customers' clients' data you know, to the world, there's a lot of technology choices that have to be made up front.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you balance that and you say, well, do those technology choices help us meet our customer's goal? You know, our customer's first goal, yes or no? Well, no, it's gonna help them meet their fourth goal, right? then you might have to have the conversation with the client to say, like, how valuable is it to you? Like, do you want us to move quickly up front and get the first version of your application out? Let's get that MVP out the door. You know, they may say, yes, we want the MVP, or they may say, really, when we start making revenue is on the fourth iteration of what we're building. Mm -hmm. Right. Then we may say, okay, then the technology choices really need to reflect that really then your MVP becomes the fourth iteration. It becomes the fourth release, not your first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's no, there's there's no like. Um, you, you really have to have the experience, and you mm-hmm. really have to keep in mind what your target is. You know, you know, what what I'll say is, is like it's your north star or your value prop or your, um, you know, your, uh, you know, success criteria. You got to keep all that in mind. That helps you make those decisions. You know. Um, and really, keeping in mind your budget, right? If you have a budget that's small, then you need to pick a technology stack that's small. You might go with like WordPress. It's like let's go spin up something in WordPress and try that out, right? Let's let test our value prop in the marketplace first before we invest a bunch of dollars into scaling. Uh-huh.
0: You know,
1: that's the that's the mindset you have to have. You know, it's like you want to do. In my opinion, I'm like spend the least amount of money up front to meet your goals, you mm-hmm. know? And when you start making money off of whatever you're, you've built, then that that's when you pour, like, gas on the fire and you, like, you know, scale it out. But, you know, unless your immediate goal, your initial goal is to scale, I would step back from that, you know, and not try to throw a bunch of dollars at it. It's yeah. just a bunch of dollars setting things up rather yeah. than spending money on, like, your business value
0: yeah yeah i feel uh you know i feel a little called out i was like thinking about how what you're saying relates to me buying um the guitar i bought over president's day (laughs) (laughs) and how much money i spent (laughs) on it it wasn't that expensive but it's a it's a mid-range guitar but you know should i buy more yes you should. Should I after optimize for becoming like a rock star? You should. Or <laughs> after
1: you learn to play. And after you like bounce some success. Yes. <laughs> you but know. do you buy
0: the crappy car, guitar just to like or do you buy like the good guitar because you want, you know? It's the same thing with technology. I think we always tend to move that way, like. Right. But we need the. We need, yeah. I guess then it's the budget, right? Like, right. how big of a POC do you want to build, or you know, what is the MVP that truly becomes an MVP? Um, right. But yeah, this was a fun conversation. So, where do we find you online? So you can find me
1: at LinkedIn. You know, okay. just search me up, Nile Ellis Mile. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm probably the only one out there, as mm-hmm. far as I know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from everyone.
0: Cool, um, I'd love awesome. Everybody's
1: feedback on what they think about like their business value and their software development.
0: Yeah, and imagine is it imaginex.com or uh, it's
1: um, imaginexconsulting.com. Although we are going through a rebranding, so but if you go to imaginexconsulting.com, you can definitely find
0: us. And are you making the right decisions on how much this rebrand is costing you versus the true business value? Yeah, absolutely. Are you? Paying- <laughs> We
1: are. Yes, 100%. <laughs> like That's how we roll.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, it was great talking to you. And uh, thanks that's everyone awesome. for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Uh, yeah, thank y'all. Before we get back to our conversation, we wanted to say thank
1: you to This.Labs, who is the sponsor of today's show. If you need help with a project that has failed to deliver on time, or are in need of a team that feels true ownership over your engineering projects, definitely hit up This.Labs. They specialize in helping business leaders ensure their strategic digital initiatives stay on track. Trusted by companies like PlayStation, Capital One, Herman Miller, PayPal, and T-Mobile, you can find them at this.co. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O. Now, let's return to our show.